Our scripture reading for today is found in Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 21. I would encourage you, if you have a Bible, to turn and read along as I read aloud from God's Word. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 21. This is a story about Jesus as an infant. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. As we look at this story, which is about the Christ child, we see him coming into contact with a man, an old man named Simeon. Now there is no real virtue in being able to wait, because everyone can wait and everyone has to wait. No one is exempt. If you're important, you may be able to avoid a lot of waiting on other people, but you still won't get out of waiting entirely. <coughs> The red light knows no difference between the man riding his bicycle across town and the governor in his limousine. The clouds will not stop pouring rain, merely because they realize they are pouring upon presidents or prime ministers. If you think we get used to waiting, just go get in the checkout line, say, of Walmart at this time of year. See how well you respond to six people in line in front of you. We have little conception of having to wait. If Food City, Walmart, or another large chain store has five, six, seven, or eight people in their checkout lines, it's their policy. They open another line. And that's what they do because they know we are people who are not used to waiting for anything. Perhaps one of the experiences that you have of waiting is sitting in church on Sunday waiting for the pastor to end his sermon. (laughs) The question is not whether or not we wait, because we all wait. The question is more importantly, what are we doing while we wait? What are we doing while we wait? 
This was brought home to me when I was in Walmart this past week. And there was a lady in front of me, and she managed to block the fact that you can get through there. You know how you can go through to another checkout which has no one at it? Well, if you have a cart and someone is skewed in front of you, you can't get there. And I was sitting there and sitting there thinking, this is going to take forever. And I thought to myself, aha, how impatient you are. I was very impatient. If we had our way, we would make it so that waiting was a word that was stricken entirely from our language, removed completely, out of the dictionary, out of real life existence. We would be glad to end it for good. But as we recognize in the lighting of the first candle of the Advent wreath, as Jill and her boys read to us from Scripture today, waiting was a theme of life for those who prophesied the coming of the Christ, the Messiah. And in the same way, waiting is a theme and reality of life for us because we are awaiting and wanting as well the glorious return of Jesus Christ. In the character of Simeon, we have a dramatic contrast to the hurry-scurry world around us today. Because Simeon was a man of peace, a man who, despite his old age, was not impatient. Instead, peacefulness radiated from him, as we have read in this account. And this peacefulness was not due to his living what most would call a valuable, productive, active life, because Simeon found peace in the midst of waiting. We read in verse 25, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. We have no indication in this passage that Simeon knew when the consolation of Israel was going to come. All he knew, and he had been told this by the Holy Spirit, was that he was going to see this gift from the Lord for his people. Because in verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now here was a man, an old man, who was the recipient, who had received a glorious promise. Imagine the sense of gladness within him when this promise came to him from the Holy Spirit. You will see the Lord's Messiah, the Christ, Simeon, before you die. As we observe Simeon, we might think to ourselves, it's not really at all surprising to think that he was such a godly man because he had a a glorious promise in his grasp. A wonderful revelation from the Holy Spirit himself and something to wait which was worth waiting for. That would easily explain his righteousness and devoutness in the midst of waiting in his old age. And perhaps as we come up with this explanation, it would also excuse us from having to wait with peace and contentment. But having received such a glorious promise would not make Simeon, prevent Simeon from growing tired of waiting. Indeed, knowing this promise might increase his impatience as he spent life one day after the next after the next, trying to decide when he would witness this wonderful event, this gift of salvation from the Lord. And as time went by, it is quite possible, were he not a godly man, I'll put that in parentheses, it is quite possible, were he not a godly man, for him to have become embittered by the passage of time. 
as he realized that his part in this miracle would include nothing but witnessing the coming of the Messiah. Think about what all of these prophets, these people that we read of in the Old Testament, these people that Jill and Jason and Justin read about in Scripture for us this morning. Think about what they were expecting when the Messiah came. Simeon was promised he would see the Messiah before he died. As time went by, he probably thought to himself, you mean that's all I'm going to do? It's possible. That's all I'm going to do? See him? And then, uh, but, but this, this thing's going to be so glorious. How can I just see him? <clears throat> it's impossible to determine when Simeon received this promise. How long he had been waiting with a specific word from the Lord that he would witness the coming of the Messiah. But the characteristics that we need to note from his life are these. First, in the midst of his life, waiting in old age, he represented in his community godliness. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Righteous and devout. Which means he did not commit evil. This does not mean he was a perfect man. But it means that he was a man in whom God was pleased. A man in whom God found favor. He shunned evil. He did what was right. And he carried out those things with a devoutness, a fervor, an intensity in his heart. It caused him not to give up, even in the midst of waiting. Second, he exhibited waiting with contentment upon the Lord. Verse 25, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. <coughs> Younger people might look at this passage and view Simeon's patience in waiting as merely the slowing down of older age. And also give this as a reason enough to explain this godliness. Because they think, somehow, that as you age, it is more and more easy to avoid temptation. That age brings with it a certain immunity from evil. That as you get older, you get holier. Which is, of course, not true. There is equal danger in those who are older falling away from godly lifestyles as there is in younger people. In our culture today, there is great danger for those who are older and who have given up the work that was a part of their lives in many of their early years to give up on everything entirely. Simeon did not develop suddenly into a man who was righteous and devout with the Holy Spirit upon him when he hit that certain rarefied age, whatever it was. Neither did he suddenly miraculously acquire the ability to wait with patience, with contentment upon the Lord. These traits, these gifts from the king that were developing in him, developed over time. The same time that passed finding him waiting to see the Lord's Christ found him growing in righteousness and devoutness. We look at Simeon. We say, this is scripture. But that, not, that is not an answer for the fact that the man was godly and the man was content in waiting. Because we find in scripture merely God's way of talking to you and to me. To say, here is how people did it in the past. 
You follow me and you can do it in the same way today. As we enter this time of the Christmas season, we are looking forward a few short days, many of us, to that special time of Christmas when we have the opportunity to once again share time with family and friends. To give examples of our love for one another and gifts. We are looking forward to an event that is perhaps closer and perhaps farther away from that, from us than that, which is the return of Jesus Christ. We all await all of these events. The question is, how do we wait? How do we wait? You and I must look at the example of Simeon and find in him inspiration for old and for young alike. Because this man made righteousness his pursuit. And he did not make it a hobby, an avocation. Instead, he made it his vocation. He made it his pursuit. And we read in our passage that he pursued it with devoutness. There was never a time when Simeon decided he had retired from pursuing righteousness and virtue. You and I must devote our lives to pursuing righteousness throughout our lives if we are to be people like Simeon. We cannot take a vacation from it. We cannot take a retirement from it. But instead, God desires for us, if He is going to characterize us, as He characterized this godly and devout man, as godly, if we want Him to characterize us as that, we must pursue it, whether we are young or whether we are old. We cannot say, I will get to that when I get to that age. Because if we say we'll get to that when we get to that age, we may never get there. I think we also have to pursue attention to this detail of how we are waiting. How are we waiting? If you go to a doctor's office where things... uh, (laughs) I won't quite put it that way. But uh, if you go to a doctor's office, sometimes things happen and people end up waiting because emergencies come in and those sorts of things happen. You're sitting there in the doctor's office. It's interesting to look around and see what people do as they're waiting. There are some people who always have a million things that they brought with them to devote their time to, aren't there? Books, notepads, laptop computers. You don't see a lot of that around here, but in different places you'll find that. Maybe cellular telephones. Some people keep those tools of their trade with them so that they never have to waste time waiting. And then there's other people who go in and sit down and look around. Is one of them right and the other one wrong? Well, they're doing different things, aren't they? We have to ask, how do we spend our time waiting for the fulfillment of the Lord's promises. On one hand, we can say, as we look at people who spend their time sitting and doing nothing, that God does not want us to spend our time waiting for the fulfillment of His promises 
sitting around twiddling our thumbs. On the other hand, we look at the people who always have the tools of their trade with them. And we can say at the same time that God does not want us to always be so busy in our pursuits that we can never devote our attention to what He is bringing to our attention. We think of that with regard to the story about Simeon. And we find that he had an instruction from the Lord to go into the temple courts. And so he went in. He was open to the Lord's leading. Whatever else he was doing, he was open to the Lord saying, Today is the day. Go and see the Lord. The Messiah is there waiting for you to come see him. But at the same time, we can think of again of that example of how people spend their time in waiting rooms. And we can say, God wants us to have the tools of our trade so that we are always making time productive for Him. And we can look at those who sit in waiting rooms to us, perhaps we say twiddling their thumbs. But perhaps they're looking truly for a relationship with someone else in that waiting room for a conversation to start. And it's amazing how often it happens. God wants us to always be ready to be busy doing His work, to be doing it while we're waiting. He also wants us always to be open and attentive to His direction. So as you spend perhaps a disproportionate amount of time during this season in waiting... Consider what the Lord would have you do while you are waiting. This is a devotion, a habit that isn't only for this time of the year. It isn't only as we wait for specific things such as the coming of Christmas or the coming of children or the coming of anything else into our lives. Waiting is a pursuit that will occur all of our lives until they are ended either by the return of Christ or our death. So you and I need to consider from the example of Simeon how to wait upon the Lord, how to grasp fully and strongly in our hands His promises as we wait, so that our lives may be described as His was, lives, virtuous lives, Godly lives, righteous lives. They're dedicated to Him with wholehearted devotion. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we ask that You would teach us that Your promises indeed will be fulfilled. Give us faith to grasp a hold of the promises that You have given to us. That our waiting might be a waiting of hope and joy, a certainty of what You have promised. And Lord, even as we wait, and our faith is increased that we wait in hope and joy, we are certain as well that those qualities and characteristics instilled in us through the power of your Holy Spirit will cause us to remain faithful to you and to pursue godliness and righteousness throughout our lives without vacation, without retirement. Cause us to see that whether we have work in businesses outside of our homes, whether we are working in our homes, whether we are retired from work which we devoted a lifetime to, whether we are in school, whatever our pursuits, Lord, 
that you desire to meet us and to cause us to use those pursuits and our time in those pursuits, not to be busy in a frenzied way, devoting all of our attention to them so that we can not give time to you, but instead, Lord, to realize that all of this is secondary because we are waiting upon you. We are waiting upon your blessing in our lives. We are waiting upon your direction. We are waiting for your return. In Jesus' name, amen.